Sunday was. You know what last Sunday was? You know what that means? Do you all know that our Savior, our Messiah, rode in to Jerusalem on a camel? Some people look and say, yeah, he rode in a camel. Donkey. Or a donkey, not a camel. <laughs> a donkey. And they said that's what he rode in. Just a lousy donkey. But you know what? Back then, people didn't have the money. They didn't have the animals. They didn't have horses and camels unless you were wealthy. Even donkeys. He came in on a donkey. Walked in through the, on, the, on the donkey riding in. And they were praising him. Saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Our God, our God. Our Deliverer. They were praising His name on Sunday morning when He was coming in to Jerusalem. Tuesday and Wednesday, He was teaching in the synagogues, getting everybody ready, telling them that the temple was going to be destroyed in three days and He will rebuild the temple. And they were thinking about this building that he, they were doing. The building. But he wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about the temple that's inside of us. The temple that he had in three days. He was telling the people to get ready. The kingdom of God is at hand. But he was getting ready to leave. How many of you guys thought Jesus was pretty cool to be on the earth, walking on the water, healing people, you know, doing all those miracles, man? I mean, tell you, wouldn't that be awesome for us to be able to do something like that? That would be, that would be just awesome. I always thought, man, I sure wouldn't mind being Jesus. That was awesome to be able to do that. But do you know that when he rode in on that camel, by that donkey, he knew the destiny that was going to come in by that Friday. He knew what was going to happen. Can you imagine what was going through his mind at that time? What he knew was getting ready to take place. He knew what disciple was going to betray him. He knew it all. <laughs> It was all the plan. How many of you guys could be playing Jesus and know the plan that he had to do? How many of you guys would just walk in and drive into Little Rock knowing that they were getting ready to crucify you? Not only just a plain crucifixion, but the worst crucifixion, worst beating that any person would ever have. And he was still alive during that whole entire time. We would have gave up. But he couldn't give up. He had to keep moving forward. He could have gave up after the whipping. How many of you guys seen the movie The Passion of the Christ? That was a pretty, pretty rough movie. Do you think if you played that man 
and that was really happening to you, do you think you could have made that? Do you think you could have made it? Or would you just sat there and said, I give up, kill me. I don't want to go through this no more. Because Jesus was made flesh. He was not a spirit. He felt the pain. He felt the agony. Plucking your whiskers out. How many times have you shaved and you happen to get that razor stuck in there and pull one of your whiskers out? Tears come to your eyes quickly. He had a whole bunch of whiskers plucked out. Hair pulled. I know what it feels like getting my hair pulled. Got kicked, whipped, thrown around, spit on. All that he had to do to fulfill the plan. And we basically whine and complain about our lives right now. And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. How many of you guys are guilty of us whining and complaining about our lives and look at what that man had to go through? We have somebody that's out here in this world that gives out a million dollars in donation to the Red Cross and we have to build a skyscraper and build a big, huge, you know, foundation to honor this man that did this great thing about giving a million dollars to Red Cross or whatever the situation is. And everybody goes and honors that. And Jesus gave his life and most people can't even honor that what he did for us he said it said in there that he tasted the death and he tasted hell imagine what hell was all about God created hell to punish Lucifer and the fallen angels not to punish us but they are a spirit spirit we are not a spirit he punished them and all of a sudden, now we are falling into that same punishment to go into hell. But he went down there and did that for us. So he did all that for us. And all we do is complain, mimic, murmur, bellyache, cry, going, God, why is this happening to me? Why do I got to be in this place? If you ever read the Old Testament or the New Testament when people were in prison, they didn't have the luxury like you guys did. Sometimes they're sitting and thrown in there with dead people. Back then they had all the diseases. They didn't have medication. The only medication they had was the name of Jesus. Maggots from dead people, from flies. What would it be like and we sit there and complain. And I, like I said, I am as guilty as that as you guys are. We have it made. All we have to do is just love our Father. Accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And guess what? He said, I will give you everything you ask for. I promise. You ask in my name. And I will do it. 
I will go to the Father, and the Father will grant it. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is receive. And we believe a doctor telling us that we have diabetes faster than what God said and said, Jesus died for our sins. Ask him in and I will take care of you. That's how fast we believe a doctor before we believe God. We believe our best friend about something in your life or their life faster than you would believe what God can do. We believe in the wrong people. God says, I will do whatever you ask in my name, and he will do it. All you have to do is believe, receive, and expect it. And do not turn and say, it's never going to happen. Even when somebody tells you wrong and says something else, you can always turn around and say, my God said in the Bible that I can receive this. The problem is you better watch what you ask for. Because sometimes when he gives you something, he might not want you to have it, but he will still give it to you. But you better think of what you ask for. Because it might make your life miserable when he tells you, you don't want that. And say, yes, I do. I do want that. I want that. I want that. I want, I, I want that. You know, I want that. You know, I want that Porsche. I want that Porsche. So no, you don't want that. You get that Porsche, and then they find out it costs too much money to keep it maintained. Maintenance starts costing you a fortune. And then you start campaigning for things. And God looks and says, I told you, you can't afford that Porsche. Why did you want it? I gave you it. Now, now you're complaining about it. So take that Porsche away. I don't want it. Take that big house away because it costs too much money to put electric in there. But when it's holy and makes you a better person, that's when it becomes a blessing. It makes you have more faith and more joy and happiness knowing who your God is. So this whole week, when you think about it, what he did for us and what walk he had to go to, knowing that when he went to that garden and he prayed three times and it said his sweat turned into blood, knowing that you are getting ready to get the worst whipping that you will possibly ever imagine, what do you think you'd be saying to God? He said, please, Lord, if there's another way, take this cup away from me. Pass this cup. I don't want to go through this. This is not something I really want to do. They're going to whip me until I can't stand up and I have to keep going. So just think how blessed you guys really are. And through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should have abundant life. You should have the best life on this earth. And if you do not have that blessed life, See how you're walking and see if you're asking God for that stuff. God has given it back to me. I have a series that I've done in the past. And the series that I do, it'll be over a couple, the next couple months I'll be preaching on this. It's called Life is Like a with a blank. Each month will be a different thing. Tonight's service. I'll tell, you this, I'll tell you the title later on. It might help you understand a little bit better. 
The scripture I want to use for tonight is 2 Timothy 4, 20 and 21. I'll give you time to turn there for the people who are turning. All right. 2 Timothy 4, verse 20. But in a great house there were not only vessels of gold and of silver, but of also of wood and of earth, and some of honor and some of to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and met for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Okay, I want to tell you guys a little story that's going to correlate with this message. How many of you guys out there have ever ordered a pizza? All right, most of us. We know the general idea of when you order a pizza. Call it in the pizza, tell them what you want. Couple, 15 minutes later, the guy shows up at your door, start knocking. Okay, you open up the door. You're expecting to see the pizza guy there. You see this guy in some pretty nasty clothes. He's got his, your pizza in his hand. But the problem is there's no box. He's got your pizza just sitting in his hand. And this is one of those greasy pizzas. This thing is falling all over the place. Cheese, pepperoni, and everything. And he's just holding it in his hand. You have no clue where his hand's ever been. You have no clue if it's sanitary what is the first thing any one of us would ever ask? Where's the box? Box is a piece of cardboard. It's so worthless. But every one of us would ask the same question if we saw that. Where's the box? Because when we order a pizza and it's supposed to be delivered, we expect the pizza to be delivered at our doorstep in a box. Life is like a pizza box. You guys believe that? I didn't think many of you guys would. The thing is, this pizza box is a piece of cardboard. This costed less than a dollar. This thing is worthless. Would you, any of you guys pay $15 for this box? You pay $15 for a pizza, would you pay it for this box? It's not worth it. This box is worthless. Unless there's something inside of it. This, this box will not value, change the value of the pizza. But the, the pizza will change the value of this box. It's not you. That's important. It's God who's in you that is important. God is what gives value to our lives. Without God, we are worthless. We have no thing. It's just like that scripture said. We are a vase. We are a vessel used to hold something in. That is what we are. We are a vessel. But the thing is, God is not going to use a dirty vessel to put His pure and Holy Spirit in. If that vessel has sin in it, and it's dirty, He's not going to use it. He can't use it. Because sin and Jesus is just like water and oil. They will never mix. No matter how hard you stir, how hard you shake up that oil and water, it will never combine. It will always be separated. 
That is exactly how Jesus is in this world. He is away from everything else. Everything of sin in this world. Everything that is of Satan and of hell. Jesus cannot mix with it. There is no subject that Jesus and sin both correlate and align with. They are completely opposites. So our life is just like a pizza box. But if we don't have Jesus, it's just like this box right here. It's worthless. It's worth one dollar. But when you have Jesus in your life, this pizza box becomes of a great value because of what's inside of it. Another correlation with this, this message. How many of you guys in here like cars? How many of you guys have always wanted at least a car? It doesn't matter what kind of car. If you want a vehicle. This, I think you guys can correlate with this. Okay, I did the research on this. The Corvette, uh, Corvette, you guys know what a Corvette is, right? <laughs> Corvette ZR1, one of their fastest models that they've made. Uh, it is at a horsepower of 670, mile, uh, 670 horsepower. It is a V8. That's a pretty good car. That thing has some power. How many of you guys in here would love to have a Corvette? No problems with it. Maintenance and everything's free. Car's free. It's given to you. Would you guys love a Corvette? I got one guy over here shaking his head. But the thing is, it doesn't matter what vehicle you use. It's a Corvette. Okay. What do you guys like about a muscle car? Something that has speed to it. Is it the style? A Corvette. A Mustang. Charger. Challenger. Camaro, anything, you can name whatever car you want. Like, what is it that you like about it? Name the, one, the number one thing that you guys like about a car. Inside of it. It's not the style, is it? Because, I mean, I've seen a lot of challengers and stuff. And stuff, and they look horrible on the outside, but there's something on the inside of that thing. It'll run. So it's not the body. It's what's inside of it. It's the engine. Okay, now let's take it down a different path. How many of you guys want in here want a VW Beetle? <laughs> Over the, uh, the Corvette? Alright. Huh? <laughs> That's probably the best idea for you then. A Beetle. 2016 Beetle. 171 horsepower. Four cylinder. Gas is nice, but it doesn't have the speed. If you're, taking, if you're looking for a car to take out to a drag strip, you're looking to race in it. A Beetle's not what you want. Not stock. Stock. I'm, we're talking about stock vehicles here. So, what if you took the engine of the Beetle and put it in the Corvette? Would you guys still pay $70,000 for a Corvette that had a four-cylinder in it? Oh, it's a Corvette. You guys are still getting a Corvette. How about we flip this thing around? How many of you guys want a Beetle that has 700 horsepower in it and with a V8? That thing can run. You guys pull up to a stoplight. The guy next to you is looking at you. You guys wanting to race? He doesn't think there's something else inside that um, Beetle. You're going to blow him away. It's not what the outside is because that is irrelevant. It's what's on the inside. 
You can add anything to the inside and make it better than what it was. But you can also take things away from the inside and make it worse than it was. Jesus needs a vessel. Jesus spent his life 2,000 years ago here on earth. But he's not here on earth right now in human flesh. He can't really minister without a human body. Because the world cannot hear him. The world can hear us. All he asks is for a vessel. Because he still wants his word living. The Bible is called the living word. Because it is the same as yesterday, today, and forever. And it will change and speak the way it needs to to certain people. It never changes the content, but it changes it in different ways for people can understand it. A child can pick up this Bible and read it and understand this Bible. Someone who has a college degree can pick up this Bible and still understand this Bible. Because it, God can work in mysterious ways upon whoever He needs. All He needs is a vessel. All He needs is a pizza box. That's all He's wanting. But the pizza box cannot be used if it's old and it's dirty and it has something in it. Because if you guys open up your pizza box when you get there and you got mold and you got maggots crawling all the inside, are you guys want to eat that pizza? That's the same thing when Jesus looks at our lives and He sees sin in there. Because a person cannot serve two masters. He can only serve one or the other. Jesus needs all of us, not just a part of us. He asks for a little bit and He'll take everything. Because His, His world and His Spirit moves upon us. And He will cover us. Because that is all we really need. In this world, if we have Jesus, we have everything. In this world, you can have all the money you want. You can have all the cars. All the women you want. And you will have nothing if you die. Because none of that stuff's going with you. And you can be buried with it. But when you leave this earth, you're not going to have any of that stuff coming with you. But if you have Jesus and you die, you got something going for eternity. You got something that this world cannot corrupt. Moth and rust will never destroy the things of heaven. And Jesus is of heaven. So, how many of you guys want to be a pizza box? How many of you guys want to be a clean vessel for God to use? People keep asking. It's like, I can't do it. I'm not a good enough speaker. I can't stand up here and start talking to people. I don't have the words to say. You're right. You don't have the words to say. But when Jesus is in you, He starts speaking out of you. He starts putting the words in your mouth that you would have never known before. He starts speaking to you into the words that He knows that the people you're speaking to can understand. I come down here and I pray that God uses me. Because I have never been locked up. I've never been arrested. I don't have anything in common. I've never been on drugs. I've never been on alcohol or anything like that. But guess what? God still called me. The age of 14 to start going into the prisons to start preaching. I had nothing in common. But that's not what God asked for. He equips the called. He does not call the equipped. I say I could have a better time preaching in here than I can in front of any kind of church. 
Because the church is too shut up. They don't want to hear from what other people have. They'll listen to the preacher and that's it. They don't want to listen from anyone else. I can preach better in here. And I can preach better to the people I went to school with who were in drugs and in gangs. Because that is what God has called me to do. His Spirit He put into me was to reach out to the people who need someone. The world thinks they have it. The world thinks they have it. You can ask all the business people. They're walking down in a three-piece suit down the street. They think they've got it. They've got a nice job that pays great. A lot better than what I'm getting paid. They probably drive a lot better car than I do. But the outside means nothing if they don't have Jesus in their life. When I look at them, I was like, you have nothing in your life. All those materialistic things that you think you have, at the end of days, when you die, you will have nothing left over. What, will you, what is your eternal value? Are you going to be that $1 pizza box? Are you going to be a $15 pizza box with a pizza inside of it that people buy for? When people want to hear the truth, they're going to come to someone who knows the truth. And the truth only comes through Jesus Christ. They're going to come to a clean vessel. Because if you guys are at home, you guys are hungry, you guys want something to eat, you guys go to the dish, the sink, and grab last night's dirty bowl, and put your cereal in there and start eating. No, you go to the cupboard, and you grab a clean bowl. People know what they're searching for. This world is searching for an answer, because they know they don't have something. But all they need is someone to preach it to them. And that is where we come into place. Because he says he calls us to be a vessel. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and in earth. And some of honor and some to dishonor. I do not want to be the dirty vessel that's sitting off to the side that Jesus walks by. and says I can't use him because he is not clean. That is a dishonor to God. I want to, be that, I want to be that beautiful vessel sitting up there. It's all clean. It's ready to be used. It's ready for something to be poured into it. Because what good is a vessel if it just sits there with nothing there? Nothing holding nothing. You can have a nice vase, but if you don't put anything inside of it, what's the good use of it? It serves as no purpose. We have to be that clean vessel. And all we have to do is say, God, use me. In one way or another, let me touch some person's life. Because you guys can reach other people that I cannot. You guys have people that you can reach that no one else can reach. Maybe your family members, a friend, your parents. Only you can reach them. And God is only calling for you to be a vessel that He can use you to save another person. Because what would you like God to say when you get up to heaven? Would you like Him to say, well, what would you do? Or well done, good and faithful servant. He's calling each and every one of us a day. Every single day, He calls us and says, talk to that person. Tell them God bless you. Because you don't know what a simple thing can say to a person's life to change their whole entire mood. Because the greatest weapon is the love. 
Hate and hate will keep going back and forth, and there will never be a winner. But if someone's hating you and start cussing you out and telling you all these negative things, if you love them back, they stop. They have nowhere to go because there's no defense to love. How do you fight love? You can fight, but you'll never win. Love will always have the greater outcome. So how many of you guys want to be that vessel? How many of you guys want to ask God and say, God, use me in some way? God, use me in one way or another to touch someone's life. Because I know only through you will I ever amount to anything. It doesn't matter what you have in this world. It doesn't matter what you have on the outside, what you look on the outside. How many of you guys have ever got that card that said, the dog says, what are you looking at? I'm clean on the inside. Any of you guys got that card? That is exactly what I'm talking about tonight. Because it doesn't matter what the world sees on the outside. It's what they matter is what they see on the inside. When someone looks at you, they should not see you, but they should see Jesus Christ through you. Because of the light that's in you will shine through the darkness. And where there is light, darkness cannot be around. Light will never cast a shadow. If you light a match and put it up against another light and put it up against the wall, there's no shadow of the flame. All you'll see is the stick. There cannot be any kind of darkness, any kind of sin in your life in order for God to use you. And He calls every one of us in a certain way. All we have to be is we have to be ready. We have to be clean. And we have to be willing. So you think that pizza box worthless? If there's a pizza inside of it? So you correlate back to that story in the beginning. I told you about the guy coming at your doorstep, no box. I would not want to get that pizza from him. That box will serve as a great importance. As long as we use it in the right way. Because as it sits right now just sitting there with no pizza in it, it's worthless. That's the world right there. But when you can put a piece inside there, that's what a Christian's life is. Because they are worth something. Because if you keep God first in your life, He will never, never let you become less than first. Because you will be a child of the Almighty God. And to have God call us child is one of the greatest parts of respect that we could ever uh, come it's kind of as a child if you're always looking for your father's approval you're looking it's like dad hey look what i did if he blows you off and he doesn't care what kind of good father is that it doesn't help us but when he actually embraces it, he says you did a good job i am proud because of what you did that's all god wants he wants to be proud of his children but he can't be proud of his children he can't be proud of us if He can't use us. Because we're sitting up there being dirty, collecting dust. We have no use whatsoever in His kingdom. He wants someone He can use. Not someone just to sit there on the sideline. 
Because in the game of life, everyone plays. There's no one sitting on the sidelines. You have to make sure you have enough strength to get through the game. And that strength will only come through Jesus Christ. How many of you guys are a pizza box? <clears throat> you guys a clean pizza box or a dirty one? You know, he sat there and says, to use a pizza box, God, make me a vessel to reach somebody else. Make me a vessel to help somebody else. How about if that's somebody else? How about that's you? Do you think God is just looking at you saying, I just want to help you. I just need you to be that vessel that you can help yourself succeed in life. You know, everybody's not going to be able to preach. Everybody's not going to be going to the prison. Everybody's not going to be doing sun, teaching Sunday school. Everybody's not called to do that. But sometimes, all He needs you to do is help yourself. Start uplifting yourself and encouraging yourself and succeeding in yourself. Because so many times we beat ourselves up. So do you ever think about thinking that you're, you were a pizza box? My son brought this to me last time. And I, I thought the, the message was really awesome. I always want a car that has a lot of muscle in it. Because it doesn't matter if it has reclined seats. If it just puts puts down the road, everybody's going to laugh at you. When you sit there and sit at a stoplight and the person next to you is driving a Corvette and you're sitting there driving, you know, a Chevy Impala and the light turns green and you turn around, take off, smoke pouring off your back tires, flying down through there and that Corvette's trying to shift gears and all he sees is your taillights, he's going to look and say, what does he have? That's the same thing us. When you sit there and walk through a trial and tribulation, people are going to look at you. People are studying Christians. And they want to know, are they failing or do they succeed? And if they succeed, they're going to start looking at you and saying, hey, how did you do that? I don't want to fail no more. I failed way too many times and I'm sick and tired of failing. I want to succeed in my life. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are not going to be a completely clean pizza box. But you are a complete clean pizza box. Because God wipes away all your sin that you have done in the past. You are washed whiter than snow. Now you are a clean pizza box. From that point on is where it starts getting dirty if you don't start changing. God will help you change. He will sit there and tell you the things that you need to change. But let Him tell you what you need to change. Everybody knows, first thing you get saved, first thing you need to do is, most people will sit there and look and say, i got to quit cussing. That is almost the first thing that every Christian will automatically say. You know what, I shouldn't be cussing. I should not be cussing. That's the first thing people automatically think. I should not be cussing. 
And God will sit there and help you with that. It might take a while. But you have faith in him, he'll do it. You have anything? You know, we got 10 minutes left. You all stand up. We will be back in two weeks, the 12th of next month, with another skit. And uh, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we kind of call this one kind of really a catchy phrase. says, this might scare the hell out of you. This next skit we're bringing in is called Spirits Among Us. It's actually something that we brought in for Halloween. Because that's when the spirits are all out. That's where Satan is out. But it's called Spirits Among Us. And I will tell you, it will catch your attention very quickly. It's probably one of the second most expensive plays that we have put together. The costumes and the props are the highest we have ever paid. And I'm talking about a lot of money. But I will tell you, this reaches a lot of men and a lot of women. But we'll be in two weeks for that one on the 12th of next month. Um, you know, I just wanted to do an altar call right now. If everybody bow your heads. I want you to judge yourself. Judge yourself to see if you are that pizza box that you need to be. The pizza box that you want to be clean and have Jesus inside of, inside of you. To be able to help yourself is the main part. You have to do it for yourself. you got to change yourself before you can change anybody else. Think to yourself what it would be like if you were a dirty, old, trashy, $1 pizza box that somebody sees on the side of the road and all they do is kick it and throw it in the trash because it's worth nothing. That's how Satan thinks about your lives. Because you're worth nothing to him. But I will tell you almighty, God, his name is Jehovah Jesus. He loves each and every one of us. And he thinks you are something. More than a pizza box. More than $15. He has made a mansion. He has gold streets. He's got it all. He's got all of it. All we have to do is accept it. Search your hearts. If you want that pizza box and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come to the front. We will pray for you right now. Come to the front. It's your opportunity. You are the only one that can do this. Satan sits there and tells us that we don't have to have Jesus. We can do whatever we want. But only through Jesus you can have that. Only through Jesus you can have the greatest life you can possibly have in this world. You will be able to be the person He has planned for you to be. The great man that can walk on this face of this earth. This is your opportunity. If you want to have Jesus Christ in your Lord, Lord and Savior, come to the front. This is your opportunity. Don't let it pass. Do not let it pass.
This is your opportunity. We have men coming up here. If you guys are sick, come to the front. We will pray for you guys. We will pray for you guys. If you are sick, come to the front. Say, I have something, sickness in my life right now, and I need you to pray over me. If you have a marital problem, come to the front. This is your opportunity. Do not let this pass you. Do not let this pass you. If you don't accept it and you walk away, it is your fault. Nobody else's. You cannot point your finger at anybody else in this place. 